0: It's weekend preview time here at Que Golazo. We have plenty of matches to talk about with Jimmy Conrad, including Man City against West Ham, Chelsea against Manchester United, Sevilla against Barcelona, Roma against AC Milan. we got some games in the Bundesliga, in the Eredivisie, in the Netherlands. So much to look ahead to. Make sure that you come right now because Kegolaso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo, our weekend preview. Jimmy Conrad, lighting up the room, baby. How are you?
1: (laughs) Yes, I've got Herediano. Herediano.
0: Thank you you
1: very much. I'm working. I'm working on my Espanol. Uh, The Costa Rican jersey, I played against them back in the CONCACAF Champions League back in the day, so I thought I'd represent. Yes, very colorful and a lot of sponsors. I feel like MLS should really consider having about 18,000 sponsors on their jerseys moving forward because it is... Something special, very NASCAR-esque.
0: Yeah, I'm such a fan of multiple sponsors everywhere. Like, just no shame. Just go everywhere. Put it on your nose. I don't care. (laughs) Great shirt. If you're watching YouTube, check it out. I'm wearing just my CBS Sports Super Bowl uh, free fleece because, uh, you know, you give me free clothing, I'm going to wear it.
1: For sure uh, it's got to be for the brand you know absolutely. cbs let's go
0: for the brand baby paramount plus uh we coming at you if you didn't That's hear argentina it. league brazil I can't, league. W-
1: I can't wait i'm such a big fan of those two leagues in particular so i am buzzing that we have access to all those we can interview people from now those leagues in those countries and that uh, we got highlights it's all popping off i'm excited
0: concacaf 2 nations uh, and women's coming. tournament as well come just coming nwsl we're coming for you baby. We're taking over injected into my veins. (laughs) Speaking of the beautiful game weekend preview, everybody, we're going to talk a lot about premier league, La Liga, Bundesliga, and a lot more, but very, just to begin with very quickly, Jimmy Conrad, uh, a second consecutive, she believes cup title for the Goliath. That is the United States women's national team. Megan Rapinoe looked good. Carly Loy looked good. Rose Lavelle. Man City, what are you doing, not starting her? She was ridiculous. Uh, Six-nothing against Argentina. Um, Just what do you make of it uh, as as they win She Believes Cup and look ahead to the Olympics?
1: Well, actually, fun fact, this is the first time the U.S. have won back-to-back she believes cups uh, there's always been another country that's jumped in and taken the throne from them in on the in-between thing and that's a good thing right when you have a tournament that actually challenges you a little bit this particular game argentina the last one of the she believes cup 6-0 argentina got one shot it wasn't even on goal we had 27 and i think it's actually despite the scoreline 6-0 i think argentina gains a lot from this experience i hope that that will inject them with some confidence that okay we're not there yet but we wanna be somebody that matters. So we wanna to continue to be invited to a she's She Believes Cup so we have something to aspire to and get better at. And, and really just, you always wanna know where you stand, right? And if you play against the best teams in the world, you, you're gonna be found out quite quickly. So Argentina just needs to probably invest a lot more money into their women's program. I hope they do that moving forward. Are you listening
0: Federation? I hope, so. the women. I hope well, so. That's the Federation. You gotta support South American women.
1: A hundred percent. And then on the flip side from the US women's national team perspective, When you look at who scored in this particular game, Megan Rapinoe, who I love. She's my BFF. uh, Two goals, Carly Lloyd, a goal. uh, Alex Morgan, a goal. Kristen Press, a goal. These girls have been on the team for a really long time. And I think that it's going to be a challenge for the coaching staff because of this incredible amount of talent coming up underneath. When does that transition start to happen? Listen, I'm the biggest Carly Lloyd fan, but wouldn't those minutes – be more valuable to go to a younger player i i and 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 she's a legend i mean she's going to be hall of famer and deserves all the accolades i mean she scored a hat trick in the first half of a world cup final i mean she can shush all of us up no problem but but at some point the program just needs to move on right and you need to start to give those those minutes to to our younger players and give them a chance to shine and, and become the next generation so i i i would love to watch carly Lloyd till she's 50 but but i just feel like I don't know. I'm trying to be I'm trying to pl- I'm trying to be polite, but also like, hey, this is just how th- this whole sports thing works. You got you well, a good point.
0: So if it's up to you, the Olympic squad would really be mainly about the rising stars and the young ones that are looking to, you know, uh, take over basically uh, from the legacy that Carly Lloyd, uh, et cetera, have left behind.
1: I mean, would you? Yes, because the next Women's World Cup is 2023. I feel like you need to give those meaningful minutes to players that you want to trust for that. So why not give the, them the Olympics?
0: I'm international uh, experience against non-Concacaf, non-Latin American nations, which is a great opportunity, right?
1: I thought Carly Lloyd was 35. She's 38. You know what I mean? Like, so, so the next, she's going to be 40 for the next Women's World Cup. I just, I just feel like, I know we have players that maybe aren't as good, are definitely not as experienced as, as Carly Lloyd but you'll have to give them a chance. I don't know. So that's going to be the big challenge. And I I don't envy that because Real Madrid had to do it with Cristiano Ronaldo. And like, is he getting old enough? Now, Now Barcelona's dealing it with Messi. They want him to stay, but at some point they have to move on from Messi as well so they can let those this next wave of generation take on the responsibility of carrying the team. And, and that's kind of where the U S women are with some of their players.
0: Yeah. And by the way, uh, experience aside, this is just a squad with talent everywhere. I don't feel, I, I envy and anyway. <laughs> let sure, alone. sure. it's just, it's ridiculous, but you make a very good point, especially as they look ahead to the next world cup, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Let's talk weekend preview. Everybody let's begin in the premier league. My God. Some games here, some games. I should be the Premier League cheerleader every time I say some games, it's every weekend. But hey, some games. Let's begin, Jimmy Conrad, with a good one here. Manchester City, right? We're talking about Goliaths. My God, are they on a roll? Manchester City, uh, top of the table against West Ham United in a Champions League spot. It's no longer just like, oh, it'd be so fun if they made it. No, this is a realistic honest situation that could happen. West Ham doing well. Man City against West Ham. What do you have for me, Jimmy?
1: So the Hammers have lost just once in their last 11 games. And I feel like at some point we're going to have to put some goddamn respect on David Moyes' name as a potential candidate for manager of the year, especially if they can finish in the top four. I think it's a foregone conclusion. We know what Pep Guardiola can do. He's won that before. David Moyes to do that with this squad uh, has been nothing short of amazing. And the consistency that they've had and the belief that they have in each other. This should be a good game for maybe 30 minutes. And then Man City's going to turn it on and it's <laughs> over. It's over. What's crazy is the Bookies, even though West Ham are probably in the best form that they've been in in years, the Bookies have West Ham winning this one straight up against Man City plus 1,100. They don't give. They don't give West Ham a chance, and Man City is such heavy favorites minus four ten. Which for everybody that doesn't know, you have to, you have to bet four hundred of your own dollars to win one hundred. That's such bad odds. So, so I don't really know what to have for you from a William Hill perspective. You can go in there and try to dive in. I do think though the one value that I found, Sergio Aguero did play, came on off the bench uh, against Munch and Gladbach midweek against the Champions League. I could see him starting this one, getting a run out for. I do 50, 60 minutes to get his legs underneath him. I, I just, Man City are already so good. And if you throw Sergio Aguero back into the mix, I mean, that guy is going to get such great service and hit the net so many different times. There is a weird kind of line on William Hill that you can bet on the first home goal scorer of the game. So even if West Ham scores first, you don't lose your money on it. Plus 225 for Sergio Aguero to be the first home goal scorer. I kind of like that one, but he has to start. So there's still a risk there. I want to put it. Yeah, that's the tricky there.
0: part for me. He has, yeah, to I, start. I, he has
1: to start. Well, even if he does it right, it's not going to go zero, zero. Somebody will score first, but, but just take that into consideration. Maybe wait to make that bet after you see the starting lineup. So you'll obviously have to be paying attention about an hour before kickoff, but that's the only one that I can find that seems fun. Otherwise the rest of them are kind of like, eh, there's, there's no real value here. But I do want to give a shout out to West Ham. They have been tremendous in so many different ways. Tomas uh, Suchak has been one of the best players in the Premier League. If he doesn't, if he's not a, one of the finalists for player of the year, player of the season, it'd be a real shame and a travesty. That said, you could probably put all 11 man City players into that conversation. City are, just on, City are just on a different level, man. I mean, they're unbeaten since mid-November. I have all this written down. They've won 13 straight in the league. and And they've only given up three goals over those 13 games and only four in their last 17 it's just it's dumb they're like a cheat code it shouldn't be allowed they shouldn't be allowed to play anymore they've 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 defeated the game you know what I mean it's one of those things where like I'm bored of this I've I've defeated everything honestly I don't know if I said it on the pod or if I said it on HQ but I could see Man City not losing the game the rest of the season I mean I could see it and you'd be like all right that would be reasonable right now that's how well they're playing
0: yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that argument, especially, as you mentioned, the way that Man City has been playing. I, I, some more context here for you. They're, they're really healthy right now. It's just Aki. That's it. That's the only player, really, that's a, a problem. So you mentioned Sergio Aguero coming back. Everybody's healthy. Everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to get minutes. It doesn't matter if it's the Champions League, the League Cup, or the Premier League. They're ready to go. And to your point about West Ham, who are doing a tremendous job under David Moyes. It's amazing, really. Uh, they just, there's a few things that we need to know. First of all, Ogbonna won't be part of this game. I think that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, a high ankle sprain. Um, so that's going to be an issue at the back. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, I'm looking, look, listen. Okay, I'm not taking anything away from West Ham. Unbelievable. I'm just looking at their previous matches, okay? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. that's what I'm doing. That's all fair, right? that's fair. Okay, so the, the win against Tottenham, Well done. Absolutely well done. But Tottenham is not exactly firing from all cylinders, uh, excluding the Europa League, all right? Sheffield United, no, great win, 3-0, but Sheffield United, okay? They lose in the FA Cup. They tie against uh, Fulham, uh, I'll with a red card. Beat Villa, great win against Villa. I'll give them that. But then they lose to Liverpool, 3-2 against Palace. So my point is they haven't been fully tested in the Premier League as of late.
1: You make, you make a good point because their schedule upcoming is ridiculous. And if they can get through that and still somewhat be close to the top four, then maybe
0: so this like, game,
1: go ahead, and, up, go, go ahead and read the schedule of what's coming. Cause it's bad.
0: No, it's ridiculous. Brutal. So they play man city then Leeds, uh, which is never easy. Then United, then Arsenal wolves away, Leicester city, Newcastle. Okay. But Chelsea, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough result. So so this game against Man City, I think is the very first of that test, Yep. right? Now, to your point, I think Man City is winning this, but if if they keep it good and if they perform well, maybe get a a draw, it's very, very unlikely. But maybe if they do, because they're doing so well, I do not, I'm with you. David Moyes, I contend the full manager of the season. I'm just saying that I'm looking at the previous games, right? And they have in the Premier League, they haven't really been tested. And the one time the Liverpool 1-3-1 loss, the Villa game was, they absolutely outperformed Villa. But Villa still, you know, Villa's not a top four team. So I, I, I'm just trying, this is the first proper major mountain to climb. So it's going to be interesting to see what West Ham does. Well,
1: they're going to lose this one, but we'll see what they do there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, let's keep going in the Premier League, by the way, uh, because uh, the following day, I believe, Leicester City against Arsenal, Jimmy Conrad. Uh, we're going down the table, by the way, everybody. Uh, well, we could go Chelsea-Man United next. Let's do that. Chelsea-Man United. That's a bigger game here. Uh, Thomas Tuhole absolutely killing it with Chelsea right now. Honeymoon period. But you could say that it's really more than that. It's just the fact that he stabilized his team facing Manchester United. How do you see this one? And uh, we're talking, by the way, before United play Real Sociedad, by the way. I'm sure there'll be a lot of rotation. but
1: Well, yeah, a lot of mixed squad issues there. So I don't. it's kind of hard to... Potentially judge that result. And they're playing at Old Trafford, so it's always a toss up. This one is at Stanford Bridge, and Manchester United are unbeaten away from home in the league this season. The only team in the Premier League to not lose away from home. The, the bookies are interesting. I think you can find some good value here. Plus 119 for Chelsea to win straight up, plus 230 for the draw, plus 245 for United. I kind of like the draw, to be honest. Uh, Chelsea, though they have gotten this injection of, as you say, identity of, of structure that maybe they were li- missing under Frank Lampard, or maybe they were missing towards the end of Frank Lampard's uh, reign. They still don't feel like they're clicking completely. You know, if, if you, I mean, the, getting the confidence of beating Atleti uh, in the Champions League is, is huge and obviously Olivier Giroud scoring a ridiculous bicycle kick, hat tip to that guy for showing what a guy over 30 can still do with his body and still be handsome so I respect all that. He's so beautiful man <laughs> So th- these two played at Old Trafford back in October, it was a 0-0 draw and that was when, that's when Chelsea were still firing on all cylinders, right? They, they were scoring goals and feeling confident and it was still zero zero. Tuchel has been in charge for 8 games of those 7 and the, there's been less than two and a half goals in those games. So I kind of like the under and I like the draw. So the draw on the under two and a half goals is plus 320. That's taking it the next next step. I could see a one-one here. United, for whatever reason, are just really, really good away from home. They proved it again in the Europa League against Real Sociedad. And and I, I don't know what, I don't know how to explain it other than when they when they're not playing at Old Trafford. They just click into something different. They become a little fiercer. They, they, they make plays in different ways. I don't know. They get a little casual at Old Trafford for whatever reason. they just like a, I – I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but you can see it, right? And we it's hard to – it's one of those things that even as a coach, like I don't know how to get these guys to not think they're playing at Old Trafford and get them to, to stay as sharp as yeah. possible. So so I like that, uh, that value a lot. That's what I'm looking at. Chelsea obviously starting to get very confident. I am nervous now about the Christian Pulisic situation. I don't think he fits – what Thomas Tuchel wants to do. So from an American perspective, we need our players playing valuable minutes. And if he's not going to be the guy, then he should be looking to move on. There are rumors that Bayern Munich are interested in him. So that's interesting. Again, though, he goes to a team where, well, they got Komen, they got, I was going to say how they many, Sané, they got, you know, you just go on and on and on. You could say so, Luciala
0: somewhere there. Yeah, it's like, though, it's
1: here. I will say though, if Pulisic lines up on the left, having him and Alfonso Davies on the same side, Ooh. that that fires me up from a North American perspective. But
0: Conca Calf heaven.
1: Yeah, it's Conca Calf, baby. Let's go all day. We could Conca Calf uh, opponents to death. But with regard to this game in particular, I could see a 1 1 here, frankly. Then that's yeah, that's what, what I I'm have. Towards. Yeah.
0: That's what I have because I'm not holding my breath anytime the top six meet up against each other. It's been pretty boring when the top six, I'm using the bunny ears, the top six uh, (laughs) play against each other. I feel like it's going to be a very uh, hesitant game where both teams are just going to try and feel each other out. And by the time they figure it out, it's like the 80th minute. And You might get two goals. I don't I don't expect that's, a goal fest.
1: That's what happened in the first time. Zero, zero, I, zero, zero. I,
0: I just think it's going to be a blueprint of the first time they met, even with yeah. with Tujo, because Tujo likes to keep the ball. He likes to make sure that, first of all, they don't concede before they do anything else. And Solskjaer is just going to wait and see. I think he's going to be more reactive in this one. That's what I think. That's what I think, especially after a Europa week. So I'm hoping it's more exciting than that, but I'm with you. I think it's going to be 1-0. All okay. right. Let's keep going. Yeah, nothing much more, more to add now. Leicester, <laughs> Leicester City against Arsenal, though. Leicester City against Arsenal could be an interesting one as Brendan Rodgers. By the way, again, we're taping this before Leicester City's game. Uh and Arsenal's game. Yeah, and Arsenal's game, of course, hmm. both of them uh, in action in the Europa League. So take that with a pinch of salt. But both teams facing against each other. It's at Leicester. Uh, how do you see this one?
1: So Leicester actually haven't been that great at home this season. So I want everybody to take that into consideration. That said, they get to play the second leg of their Europa League game at home against Slavia Prague. It was 0-0 in leg one. Jamie Vardy and Wilfred Ndidi started that one, and they're going to probably start in leg two. But again, it's at home. And anytime Vardy and Ndidi start together this season, and that's not been a lot because of injuries, they don't lose. So Leicester haven't lost when those two start a game. I suspect they're going to start this one as well, barring any injuries in the Europa League. And I like that a lot. I like that. On the flip side, Arsenal in the last week have gone down to Rome to play Benfica leg one, had to fly back to play against Man City, flew down to Greece for leg two, and now have to fly back to play Leicester. I just think that catches up to you. That's a lot of traveling. Those are a lot of hard games. Mikel Arteta, was, when I was previewing the Benfica match for leg two, was already complaining about how tired they were after the Man City game, which I get because you're just chasing the ball around for, for 90 minutes and hoping you get an opportunity on goal because that's what City do. They just uh, strangle strangle you from all of your fun uh, in playing and just chasing stuff. So. I like Leicester to to win. I like Arsenal to potentially score. I, it's up to you guys. It's plus 150 for Leicester to win straight up. I like that. Maybe throw it into a parlay if you want. Uh, and then 225 for the draw, plus 190 for Arsenal to win straight up. I like Leicester City to score, both teams to score. I kind of want to see how Arsenal play against Benfica. Maybe you guys want to lean on that first to see if they hit the back of the net. I think they will against Benfica. I, I've got them to win that one. But that's plus 320. So Leicester to to win and both teams to score is plus 320. If you just want to play it safe, maybe throw it into a parlay. I would look at Leicester winning straight up because I just I just think Arsenal will be tired and I don't think Leicester will be or as much. And because they got to have two straight home games, I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, Arsenal's traveling from Italy uh, after Thursday as they're obviously not hosting it. Uh, they're hosting it in a neutral ground. But also a little context on Leicester City here, Jimmy, that uh, James Madison... Who got injured against uh in the villa game he won't play in europa so we're still waiting to see if he's even going to feature this weekend that that could be a big problem for them Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah it can be a big problem i mean there's 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 question marks and variables and so i would just keep an eye on the europa league and see what the lineups are and see how they're performing i do like this game a lot because and very similar to chelsea manchester united all the odds are really favorable. It's just a matter of where your heart and head is leaning. And I would trust your head more than your heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that should always be, the case. <laughs>
1: always be the case. But I
0: hardly ever do it. Uh, yeah, same, same. All right. So some other games for you to think about everybody. West Brom against Brighton. Uh, Leeds United against Villa. Great, great game. Great game. That's a uh, big game right there. Newcastle against Wolves. Palace against Fulham. Tottenham against Burnley. On Monday, it's Everton against Southampton. And then Liverpool travels to Sheffield United. And by the way, we just want to send our deepest condolences to Alisson Becker. His father uh, reports, uh, I think it's been already uh, attested to, uh, in a drowning back in Brazil. Uh, it's just, I feel so sorry. Obviously, we, we send our wishes. But my God, just another tragedy hitting the Liverpool family.
1: It's, uh, you were hoping we were all hoping that 2021 would be an uptick from 2020, but it's just a lot of sadness and this is unreal. I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine what he's going through him and his family and and to not have maybe that last moment to share with a parent, you know, as they're ready to pass on and um, it's gotta be really difficult. So yeah, all of our prayers and thoughts are with uh, Allison and his family at this time.
0: So I'm imagining, uh, and rightly so, that if he, you know, is omitted from this weekend, or he chooses not to, absolutely, things are more important than than football. But from a football and perspective, and Liverpool's perspective, you know, they have to win this. Uh, pretty much, they're fifth right now, three points behind Chelsea. Uh, uh, you know, they just have to win this. And you would think that Sheffield United, but you know, they beat Manchester United. That they, you know, they're trying to still scrape things as they try and miraculously get out of the relegation zone uh do you see anything here i mean it's uh, surely it's favoring liverpool but uh what do you make of it
1: yeah i didn't i didn't uh, go look at the odds for this one it felt pretty one-sided all things considered i i the last time liverpool needed to win a game in recent memory i guess the last couple of league games they've all been kind of must wins but the rb leipzig game i'm going to lean on the champions league we were kind of leaning towards RB Leipzig because of Liverpool's lack of consistency. And they came out and they played. And what I really loved about that Liverpool performance was that they pounced on mistakes. And and if you make a half mistake against world-class players, they're going to punish you. And it was nice to see that kind of show its head again from a Liverpool perspective. So Sheffield United are going to make mistakes. And it's just a matter of whether Liverpool can finish. I really feel like that's been their Achilles heel, for lack of a better phrase, is their finishing inside the box this season. It just hasn't been as clinical as it had been in the past i always felt like most law came up with a timely goal if sadio Mane pulled something you know out uh, whether it was a combination with bobby firmino or, or him doing something on his own to create some type of magic and they could always lean on that but because i don't think they're getting the service in the same way because all of their normal midfielders are having to play in the back line i think it's just changed the dna of the team this season and it's been hard for them to recover so yeah, Liverpool uh, are going through it in a lot of different ways, both on and off the fields, and and uh, we'll see if they have the, the the fortitude. And we know that they do, but at, at some point that wears you down. You can only have the fortitude for so long before, like, man, I'm tired. This is this is hard. Um, but they seem to have that nice fresh step in the Champions League, so we'll see if that carries over to the league itself.
0: Yeah, and by the way, Chelsea has a better goal differential than Liverpool. So uh, if Chelsea lose against Manchester United and Liverpool win, they'll they'll stay. Uh, Fifth. Uh, But, you know, closing in, I guess. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will do the rest of Europe, including Barcelona against Sevilla. That's going to be a good game. One of two, by the way, because another one's coming next week. We'll be right back with Que Golazo. Everybody, welcome back to Keigelasso Weekend Preview with Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, we're gonna do the rest of Europe now. Uh, plenty of good games. If you go to the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich's facing Cologne, RB Leipzig against Mönchengladbach. But let's focus here in Serie A. Roma hosting AC Milan, a pretty big game with a lot of implications.
1: Yeah, there is. Let's start with the top of the table leaders. Inter Milan, they're taking on Genoa. Genoa actually are not easy to beat. So there could be, possibly, and Inter has shown this, that right when you think they're going to just take off and be this incredible team, they stumble. So we'll see if Inter Milan continue to do that. We saw that in the Champions League in particular, where they were in a decent position to get out of the group and then somehow finished last in their group. Just keep your eye on that one. However, the big one is, as you mentioned, Roma versus AC Milan. Milan are coming off that slap down. Uh, against uh, Inter Milan and the Milan Derby from a league perspective. They obviously have a a game against Red Star Belgrade for leg two, which will be played today. And when you hear this, it'll probably be already be played. I suspect they're going to win that one. We've already went through all that stuff in a previous podcast, but that should play into a little bit of how they're performing because they need to win. They've only won two out of their last seven, and that is not good form for them. And obviously they started red hot. So at some point they were going to drop off. Every team has that drop off. Roma, on the other hand, all right, they're hanging around. They're currently in fourth. They're only five points behind Milan. So this could really change if they can get a result. They've only lost once at home all season in all competitions. So they are very good. They haven't lost at home in the league. I think maybe they did to Lazio, but they share the same stadium. So it doesn't really feel the same way. So this is what I'm going to say. Roma plus 145 to win straight up. 220 for the draw, 205 for Milan to win. Um, They drew 3-3 in Milan back in October. And I just feel like Roma might be in a little bit better form than Milan right now. However, sometimes having those midweek games and Roma obviously have one as well for, for they're playing Braga, but they're up 2 zero. They have a home game as well. I don't know. It's interesting. This is a tough one for me. I don't know where I'm leaning per se. I'm a Roma supporter. But like we mentioned before, got to go with your head and not your heart. I could see another draw here. It could be a high scoring uh, affair. I could see a 2-2. You know, and, and then everybody's kind of pissed because they're not really gaining on Inter Milan at all, right? But one of them has to win. We're getting to that point in the season where one of them has to win. If they really want to keep pace with Inter at the top, then, then they have to get results. So I think both will be pushing, but I could see it being kind of conservative till maybe the 60th minute when maybe things are in the balance, and then we'll see who has the courage to go on and get the winner. I don't know if the courage will be there. I could see 1-1-2-2. One, one, two, two.
0: Yeah, I mean, both have to push, uh, rightly so, because Serie A is so tight. I mean, Milan's looking to, you know, obviously catch up to Inter Milan for the Scudetto. And Roma is only a point above Atalanta in a Champions League. Sport. And
1: Lazio. And their and, biggest rivals, Lazio.
0: And one behind Juventus in third. So it's like, it's so tight. So a draw, even obviously, favors, you know, teams like Atalanta and Lazio, as you mentioned. So it's really tough. So I'm wondering if there'll be a little bit of a. Um, a nervous performance from both sides. But I'm thinking that Pioli has to go for it with AC Milan. They just have to really go for it. I just, I don't know if that's his, in his nature, right? It's not, he's not a Gattarini type of manager. So he's trying to first make sure that once again, just like uh, the West Ham situation that we talked about, wants to make sure that they don't concede, right? And then, and then let's see what happens. But uh, what do you make of it?
1: Yeah, so so I'm looking now. Uh, Roma have not lost at home in Serie A this season. When they did lose at their stadium, at the Olympico, it was Lazio, quote unquote, hosting it. There are two two of their three draws though are against teams in the top three or four. So they drew with Inter last month, two two at home. They drew with Juve at the beginning of the season, two two. So they're always going to be in there. They're always hanging around and. They're going to be competitive. I think they can all see the value of it. That table is incredibly close, especially as they're trying to compete for Champions League spots. It's, again, who, who is going to take that risk? To, when you push, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable in the back. Who's going to be willing to do that? I don't know if it's going to be Milan in this one. I don't know. But they do. You can counter Milan. And we've seen it by other teams, especially in Europe, that you can get after them. And they do have some weaknesses because they, they try, do try to create numerical advantages up top. Roma, uh, very good at home though. They they, they they have an identity at home that maybe they've lacked on the road this season, but this isn't on the road. So again, I, against the top team, I, yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one, it feels boring to say that, but uh 1-1 one, one or 2-2. Two, two.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think a draw could be the right way to go. All right, let's talk about La Liga. Oh, baby, it's getting interesting. <laughs> Atletico Madrid losing to Levante. Uh, things are closing in. Barcelona, you mentioned in the previous post, they won midweek as well. Um, So it's Sevilla against Barcelona, which is one of two in the next few days because they face each other in the second leg of Copa del Rey. So I'm very intrigued by what their objectives are going to be in a league fixture, Jimmy Conrad. What do you see?
1: This one is an incredibly interesting game because Barcelona are undefeated in the league since December. Wow. That's really... Interesting and and, and and actually, yeah, it's just interesting to say out loud. Like I, I, when those yeah, words come out of my crazy. mouth, you're like, yeah. like, no, there's no way. And that's because, you know, they've lost in the Copa, uh, Copa del Rey and they've lost in the Champions League. And so you don't really associate that type of success and consistency with them because everything else is wrapped into it. But yeah, they haven't lost since December in the league. Sevilla, though, are a different beast, especially at home. I know that Bruce Dortmund came and bossed them around in the Champions League and they lost three to two. But Sevilla have something, and I think they just need to figure out whether Papu Gomez is a starter or if he is a guy that's better coming off the bench. Uh, I thought that he wasn't very good. I thought he slowed the attack down against Borussia Dortmund, who obviously want to pick up the pace and, and get after you a little bit. I don't think Sevilla could really keep up. And when they made their changes, when Papu Gomez came off the field for Sevilla in that game, they started to create more get after Dortmund so i'm curious to see how that goes to the second leg and i'm also curious what what uh, julian Lopetegi the manager for sevilla does here as you mentioned in the table it's incredibly close i mean sevilla are two points behind barcelona they're also they're four points behind real madrid but they have a game in hand so there's a lot that they can do with that game in hand assuming that they win it and i don't know how to call this one is what i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the lines after i get your thoughts but this barcelona team is coming off a great midweek performance against Elche, 3-0. If Go watch those highlights, by the way. Messi's dancing through players like, I'm like, what is happening? And I thought what was really important about that game was that Martin Braithwaite, who we could argue shouldn't be wearing a Barcelona jersey. He's not good enough to play for the club. But he's there, and he's playing, and he's wearing the number nine shirt. His hold-up play makes such a big difference for Barcelona. And so his performance, if he gets the start, going up against two of the best center backs, best center back pairings in the world in, in Kunde and Diego Carlos. If he can have some good hold-up play and allow Messi to get the ball, just very similar to how he was doing against Elche, where he can get it, receive it, and run at, at this back four when they're a little bit out of position, it makes such a big difference. And if he can't hold up the ball... It, the game changes because then Messi's got to drop deeper. Messi's got to go wide to go pick it up. And he's just farther away from goal. And it, be, it becomes easier for the opposing team to stack him up a little bit, right? He's got to get past five defenders as opposed to maybe one or two if Braithwaite can, can hold the ball and bring him in a little bit closer. For me, that's such a key thing and something to watch out for. If Braithwaite starts, we might not see it. Messi could be the false nine. Griezmann could be on one side and Dembele on the other. I could break this. I love this type of stuff. So I just think that Sevilla, obviously better than Elche. They played each other in the first leg of the Copa del Rey right, semifinals a couple weeks ago. It was a pretty comprehensive 2-0 performance. Ivan Rakitic got a, got a breakaway, if you guys remember. Samuel MTT did not have a good game. That back line for Barcelona is so vulnerable. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's a mixed bag. Against the smaller teams, I suspect they're going to win, but Sevilla are different. I I, I want to say the draw from a Barcelona perspective because of how good their form has been, but Sevilla, are, they're good. And, and I liked that Sevilla got punched in the face by Borussia Dortmund. And then the next game, they immediately went, out, went to Osasuna and beat Osasuna 2-0. Very professional performance. Thank you very much. That kind of response is what I like to see from a team, right? How do they respond to a really big disappointment? And so I could see a 2-1 here. Now, what happens in the second leg of the Copa del Rey at the camp now in Barcelona? I'm not so sure. But, but for this one, I could see Sevilla winning it It's a game, though, I'll say, Luis, that if I'm betting, I might stay away from just because there's a lot of uncertainty because anytime you have Messi on your team, you always have a chance, and that's the X factor.
0: Let me just emphasize the uncertainty that you just talked about because uh, Yasin Buno, Sevilla's goalkeeper, really good in the league so far. Five straight clean sheets, I believe. But guess who loves to score against Yasin Mbouille. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Messi, he has a league-leading 18 goals against the keeper, you know, so that's going to be a problem there. The other thing that you mentioned about Papu Gomez is that this is the kind of performance that you do need that kind of fluid architect that can maybe break away against Barcelona's, uh, Barcelona's aging uh, sort of backline and, and you know, uh, Sergio Busquets, etc. cetera. Suso, by the way, is uh, a doubt because he didn't train yesterday, Wednesday, so I'm wondering, and if he doesn't play, uh, then Papu Gomez definitely fits uh, and they just have to play around it. But that, that's going to be a major problem. But the big one I think that everybody has to think about is, is in the league, Sevilla defensively have been very good. Very good. Forget about the Champions League, in the league. And, but to your point, <laughs> Barcelona haven't lost in the league since December. So it, I, I understand why there's a little bit of... Uh, a sort of doubt whether you want to do anything on this game. And, and once again, in a few days after that, they face each other in the cup. So it's very difficult. The fact that they're at home, I want to go with Sevilla here, but I don't know if Barcelona um, I, I just feeling that extra momentum, uh, particularly because of their midweek win and how good they looked. I, I, it's going to be difficult. I don't know.
1: I'm going to blow your mind. William Hill actually has Barcelona as the favorites at plus 120. Sevilla to win straight up is plus 225. That is. Something people should look at.
0: Well, then gamble on Sevilla, then. Why yeah,
1: not? but 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 the draw. Yeah, you should. I mean, if you're gonna gamble, right? If you want to take the word gamble into it, it's a great gamble to bet on Sevilla to yeah, win. Yeah, that
0: the operative word is gamble. Let's. Yeah, so,
1: so but but I actually when I looked at all three games of all the top three teams in the league, well top four because Sevilla's in there too. The draw between Sevilla and Barcelona, I I was plus two fifty. I did the draw and then I had both Madrid teams winning, and that pays uh 1500 ultimately you bet 100 1500 so that i'll be mean, obviously you need a couple things to go your way via real is hosting atletico madrid My yeah, issue
0: well, on their worst run of the season right now by the way yes atleti yeah. well, both, are going I, through the worst run of that, which is saying a lot because they've well, been both of them are, really yeah right. i mean they're
1: not they're both in uh disarray i'd like atleti to do it though i think
0: now nah, they're doing it they're winning
1: and then and then the benefit of the, of Real Madrid, the other Madrid club, is that they play on Monday. So they right. have the benefit of seeing well, how these two results are going to go. They're hosting Real Sociedad. Sociedad are not going to be any walkovers unless they're playing against play Manchester United. Thursday, <laughs> <by the way. laughs> That's right. true. They play Thursday. So Madrid have an extra day of rest. I I, I don't know who's going to be back. That's the one thing with Real Madrid. Is Benzema going to be back? Sergio Ramos. I don't know the status of those guys. So I would take that into consideration before you make any bets on that. But with regard to Atleti, they're in a bad run of form. I think they know it's... They're not getting those same type of opportunities as they were before. And when they do, they're not finishing them, right? So they're in that type of, you know, ruts, as they call it. But uh, I think that whatever, Real Madrid is so good at hanging around, right? That's my theme for them this whole season. They're just going to hang around and, and maybe have a chance to win it at the end. I believe that at, whatever Atlético Madrid does, Real Madrid's going to match it. And that's right. why I put I up put the same result for, for uh, my parlay.
0: Yeah, and even though Atleti have a game in hand, they have to be careful because they're currently going through a bad run and if they want to get that uh, league title, they better, uh, you know, amp up, mm-hmm. as the kids say. Uh, right. All right, well, that's it. That's our show. That's our weekend preview. Hey, don't complain because we gave you a lot there. All right? <laughs> uh, everybody, make sure. But before we leave, Jimmy Conrad, final thoughts as we uh, look ahead to another busy weekend.
1: Yeah, so I'll just go quickly to Germany. There's one I'll game, you guys. Sh- right. No well, you guys, one game you guys should pay attention to. It's RB Leipzig versus Borussia Munchen Gladbach. Uh, Gladbach. The table's crazy there. Uh, Gladbach are in eighth on thirty-three. Dortmund are in sixth position for that Europa League spot in thirty-six. Bayer Leverkusen thirty-seven. RB Leipzig is only two points behind Bayern Munich. So that's the game of the weekend for me. And then, if you guys are big Eredivisie fans, or if you're not. It's a crazy weekend because all the top four teams play against each other. Ajax uh, go to Eindhoven to play PSV. And then Azed Alkmaar, who are in third, take on Feyenoord, who are in fourth. Uh, only three points behind them. So it's a big weekend in Holland. And I just want to give a shout out to all you Aaron Devisi fans
0: out there. I love it. I love it. Hey, by the way, Jimmy, as we were taping, Thierry Henry has left Montreal for personal reasons.
1: Wow, he clearly didn't like like their new logo, apparently.
0: Day one of preseason, (laughs) isn't it? Or was it, yes, right at the beginning of preseason. There you go.
1: Wasn't he linked to? Bournemouth. Bournemouth, that's right.
0: Yeah, but I think Jonathan Woodgate will remain there. But personal reasons, apparently, Thierry Henry, right at the beginning of MLS preseason. Uh, So that should
1: That's a a bummer. I'm bummed for Montreal. I'm bummed for Thierry Henry. Hopefully it's nothing serious that he's going through, of course. But just with regard from a from a prof- professional standpoint, it felt like he was developing a culture there, and now they have to reset, and that's hard for players and and uh, a club to really kind of. You just wish he would have done that at the end of last season, so it would have given them some time to go find somebody. But right before preseason starts, kind of sucks. So so ultimately back to the personal stuff. I hope it's nothing serious Yeah, and uh, <laughs> more it's, more, yeah. it's strictly professional and maybe he's just taking another job opportunity, but, but uh, yeah, crummy timing for everybody involved. And and again, though, I hope it's nothing serious.
0: Yeah. Whatever the news are, uh, you know, we, we, we obviously hope for the absolute best, by the way, tyranny one of the best uh, interviews I've ever done on this podcast. Uh, he just went off. I expected 15 minutes. He gave me like an hour. Yeah,
1: Uh, he is something else.
0: Yeah, he really is. Uh, Anyway, Jimmy, thank you so much, brother. And I hope you have a great weekend.
1: Thanks, you too, Luis. Thanks to everybody else listening and watching. We hope you guys have a good weekend as well.
0: Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Que Pod. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, youtube.com forward slash Que where you can watch all the episodes. We're on cbssports.com. Make sure that you look at all our content, listen to all our content, and please keep supporting us. It really helps us to grow the show. Have a great, great weekend, and I will see you next time.